Thank you for visiting New Song Community Church on the web at newsongpdx.com. We pray that you will be blessed by listening to the message today. You are welcome to celebrate with us in worship and the word every Sunday at 10 a.m. We also meet on the second and fourth Sunday evenings at 6 p.m. for Bible study, prayer, and fellowship. We are located on the corner of Russell Street at 2511 Northeast Martin Luther King Jr. Boulevard in Portland, Oregon. I'm blessed to have a team with me this morning. Pastor Paul and Rob, thank you. They're going to help me. I'd like to conclude with what Pastor Chuck said, this scripture, Lamentations 3, and 23. I didn't give it to you, Sheila, but hang on here. The steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. I want you to get that in your spirit. His mercies never come to an end. Okay. They are new when? When are they new? What? Every morning. I like it. I've got Bible readers here. Great is thy faithfulness. Let's seal the deal with that in our spirit after all these really important announcements. Amen? Well, this morning I would like to begin a two-part series. Do you call it two-part a series? Probably not. <laughs> this Sunday and next Sunday, we're going to be covering uh, um, a word I feel like that the Lord has given me. Today, I want to talk with you about being intentional in choosing a life plan. I will begin this uh, of the two Sundays talking about a lifestyle of generosity through the lens of eternity. When we use the word lifestyle, we can usually come up to the idea, ah, uh, there has to be a plan. I think we live in a day and age to where we all hear of all kinds of plans. Can you think of some plans that you've even considered doing? Uh, meal plans, have you heard that? What else? Come on, somebody works out. What kind of plan? Travel plan. What other plans? You guys heard it. I didn't. <laughs> Thank you. See, you're helping me this morning. Oh, I, I scribbled down a few here. Independent living designs. They really, they really color it up to where they get your attention. And there's usually a cost for every one of these plans. <laughs> Health approach to living. Dave Ramsey's financial plan to financial freedom. Hey, and that's not a bad one, is it? Life expectancy plans, and they've even come up with a calculator. Anybody went into that website? <laughs> <laughs> Retirement plans, end-of-life plans. Get this one, living by design plan. <laughs> I think that all of uh, these plans are really birthed out of the need of, well, first of all, somebody came up with it to make some money probably. I mean, I'm just going to get real here. But most of us, though, we're driven and drawn to go seek out these different plans because there's a need within us to control our future. If it's a health one, we're trying to make sure that we're going to live healthy all the days of our lives. Maybe we can avoid open-heart surgery or something. If it's a, a retirement plan and trying to calculate how many years you're going to live, 
You're trying to stay in control where you can provide for yourself and your family, right? So that's usually what really motivates us to think about plans. So today and next Sunday, we're going to consider a life plan that I will call a lifestyle of generosity. Now, here's what we'll be covering. Do you guys um, wonder sometimes when those of us who minister, you wonder where on earth are we going? Well, this morning I'm going to tell you what we're going to endeavor to try to cover. First of all, let's see. Do we have our, uh, our um, overhead? We're going to define generosity, discover the benefits. There we go. Thank you, Sheila. You're so on it. Set the stage to create understanding of, a, of our resources as investment assets in terms of what we all own, and that would be our time, talent, and treasures. We're going to translate the principles of generosity into core values that are relatable to everyday practical living in our walk with Christ. We're going to encourage introspective work to consider making a plan. And lastly, we're going to try to determine if we already have a good plan in place or if we need to consider some upgrades to our plan once we start looking at it through the eyes of eternity. I'd like to preface this morning before we read our text I've been thinking about something Pastor Richard brought up in all his sermons around the first of the year. How many of you remember how he referenced Matthew chapter 13? And I'll quote, But others fell on good ground and yielded a crop, and some a hundredfold, sixty and thirty. He who has ears, let him hear. You know, ever since, how many of you remember him preaching about that? Hey, I have some hands. Very good. Ever since, it's just been nagging at the back of my mind. And I've been asking myself, what makes good ground? It says some yields this and some yields that, but what determines that? What makes fertile ground? And if we drive it home and make it more personal, we can ask ourselves, what makes good ground in me that I will even grow a crop? Have you I don't know if you're, maybe I'm just kind of simple, but I'm hearing all this and I'm thinking, well, I want to be good ground. But it's like, okay, but what does that mean? Have you ever thought of that? Or am I the only one? Let me see some hands. You guys are looking at me like, she's crazy. (laughs) (laughs) But as I begin to hear the Lord for today and next Sunday, for the subject, for the sermon, the dots began to connect for me, and the Holy Spirit began to download something in me. And he began to give me revelation through his word. And by the way, how many of you re- were here last week? How many of you really appreciated the word bro- Brother Manny brought to us last week? Amen. Awesome word. But it's when revelation takes place. And I would like to make a couple of quotes that he had made. Let's see if I can find my where I'm at again. Okay. Quote, Christianity is a relationship of revelation. And the other quote he made that stood out to me was, God moves by revelation. And what happens? What did he say happens? 
breakthrough comes. I got to say it again. It's still living in me. God's still stirring up something in me, Brother Manny. God moves by revelation and breakthroughs happen. Honestly, it's my prayer this morning that as revelation happens in us, fertile soul will get cultivated. When I was a kid, we lived in a place called Dell City, Texas, and we had Caluchi dirt, but that place was very fertile for farmland. And uh, the reason we had a lot of water, we had to dig very deep, but we had good water and we could grow good crops and we had a lot of good sunshine to make that cotton, make that maize, make that alfalfa. But we, my dad could have gone out there and spent all the money to buy that land and just took the seed, went and got his FHA loan and took that seed and just threw it out there, just threw it. Well, bless God. I'm just going to ask God to bless it. Do you think my dad would have been able to put food on the table for us kids? (laughs) No. (laughs) Because you have to cultivate the soul. And today I hope and pray that we're breaking up the clods, the dirt that's set there with the beat down of the sun. And many of us, that's what's happened in our lives. The sun's beat down on the earth and and made it of, of a heart and made it really hard. And we've got to have the watering of his Holy Spirit. And we've got to have the, his word to start stirring up our crops inside our hearts and breaking up that ground and doing a work. And I'm praying that God will give us revelation this morning. But we're going to start this morning, and I promise we really will get to our text. We're going to start this morning to uh, define generosity. And according to vocabulary.com, generosity is the quality that's a lot like unselfishness. Now, you know what's really interesting? I saw when I was doing my research and um, Urban Dictionary came up. I thought, oh, okay, I'm going to see what that says. (laughs) Oh, my goodness, don't go there. (laughs) you know what it said generosity was said it was selfishness so I my brain don't connect I I know it's because I'm not quite in the generation to go there I think that now we're saying when something's good it's bad right oh that's bad and we really mean it's good right so but we're not going to use the urban dictionary this morning how about that let's stick with vocabulary.com how about that okay so generosity is a quality that's a lot like unselfishness someone showing generosity is i want you to note this word happy to give time money food or kindness to people in need and you know what? I'd like to add to that my own opinion. I think it's not only to people in need, but it's just folks that you just want to. You know, have you ever just wanted to? <laughs> Generosity is a quality like honesty and patience that we all probably wish we had more of. When you show generosity, you might give away things, money, or put others before yourself. But generosity is about more than cash and stuff. How many can name in that? When you're forgiving and gentle to people, you show generos- a generosity of spirit. If you give others help or credit, that shows generosity. And I would add, if you're quiet long enough to actually e- listen 
with obvious interest to the person that's talking to you, that would even be considered generosity. How many of you have talked to someone and you walked away and thought, they didn't hear a word I said. All they could think about is what they were about to say back to me. Have you been there? Uh-huh. Yeah, that's a form of generosity too, is being able to listen with interest. The world would certainly be a better place, wouldn't it? This is what vocabulary.com says, and I think it's a pretty good statement. The world would be a better place if people showed generosity to others. Amen. Now that we've defined what vocabulary.com thinks, let's take a look at what God thinks by exploring something else, something like a biblical worldview. You think that might be a good idea? Let's see what God thinks. In it, we will not only define generosity, but we will discover a running theme about this, a running theme of benefits that accompany a lifestyle of generosity. Wow. Let's start now and read our text. Now, you guys, if you want to read it with me, you're very welcome to, but I'm just going to keep moving, okay? I don't want to belabor your time this morning and allow you to get home, but I want us to give God a moment to be able to do some revelation in us and do some breakthroughs in us. 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verses 6 through 15. Remember this. Whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly, and whoever sows generously will also reap generously. Each of you should give what you have decided in your heart to give, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. Verse 8, and God is able to bless you abundantly. Why? So that in all things, at all times, Having all you need, fully equipped to be generous, in other words, you will abound in every good work. Now, he who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food will also supply and increase your store of seed and will enlarge the harvest of your righteousness. You will be enriched in every way. Why? So that you can be generous on every occasion. On uh, every occasion. And through us, your generosity will result in thanksgiving to God. Verse 12. This service that you perform is not only supplying the needs of the Lord's people, but it is also overflowing in many expressions of thanks to God. Did you have any idea... I'm just going to stop for a minute and ask you. Did you have any idea that this generosity idea had anything to do with worship? Being grateful, being generous. I mean, mean, guys, it takes gratefulness to cause a heart to be generous, right? It's amazing how connected this is to worship. Because, verse 13, because of the service by which you have proved yourselves, others will praise God for the obedience that accompanies your confession of the gospel of Christ. And for your generosity in sharing with them and with everyone else, you guys, this is so amazing to me. Think about what you've been singing this morning. 
What was the last song you sang? Rob, what was the first verse of the last song we sang? You can use your microphone. Go for it, man. I want, I want us to bring home what we've been singing about. What's that first verse say? Come on, Pastor Paul. It says, flow to you. Flow to you. Let the river of my worship flow to you. Lord, I pray in all I do, let the river of my worship flow to you. Now, I'm going to read this verse again. I want you to put it into context. It says, because of the service by which you have proved yourselves, others will praise God for the obedience that accompanies your confession of the gospel of Christ and for your generosity in sharing with them and with everyone else. And in their prayers for you, their hearts will go out to you because of the surpassing grace God has given you. Thanks be to God for this indescribable gift. What a system! What a system God's put in place. He blesses me, and then I get the pleasure of blessing you with what he's blessed me with. It is truly more blessed to give than to receive. And so when we're doing this... Come on, let's just whip through one verse. Come on, come on. Sing it with me. I want this word to get in your spirit. Come on. Flow to you. Flow to you. Let the river of my worship flow to you. Lord, I pray. In all I do, let the river of my worship flow to you. That's what we want, is to be living epistles in such a way that when we're generous and we're giving, something happens. It's like revelation of worship to God. We point people to God. There's such a gratitude. You know, brother, you do so much for so many people, and you understand the needs that are on our streets here in Portland. It's amazing. I'm talking to you. <laughs> I'm talking to you. And you have brought worship. You have pointed people to the Lord because of your generosity and bringing. You've been living out the words of Christ's love. Let's keep on going. Did you know, have you ever thought about that movie uh, that talked about paying it forward? Remember? Y'all remember that? That wasn't a new concept, paying it forward. God invented that concept. How many of you get super blessed when you're in the line and you're um, um, waiting your turn to order your drink at Starbucks? How many of you been in the Starbucks line? Or do we have some folks that don't believe in Starbucks? (laughs) Hey, I believe in caffeine. (laughs) And so you're in the Starbucks line, and then you get up there, and you get ready to pay for your drink, and they say, it's your lucky day. What? The car up ahead of you just paid for the last five cars' drinks. You're like, oh, wow. What happens right then when that happens? It's like, oh, man, I need to pay for the guy back behind me, right? Has it ever happened to you? Oh, it has. Yay. I love random acts of kindness. That is awesome. And so anyway, so you've been told your drink is free. And so you're like, 
Ooh, this gratitude wells up within you, and you're like, ooh, I'm going to pay for the people behind me. And before you even look in the rearview mirror, you say to the gal at the window, you say, uh, you know what, I, that, I just want to pay for the folks behind me. And, and the gal at the window goes, wow, that's awesome. <laughs> that's very generous of you. They just ordered 12 drinks. <laughs> you look in the rearview mirror, and there's a mom, there's a dad, and there's a pile of kids with little baseball hats on. They're all flinging out the window, and it looks like they just got out of a little, little league game, right? <laughs> and then you have a decision to make. Do you regret that you did it? <laughs> Are you going to praise God? I'm glad I could bless that family. Awesome, right? <laughs> but there's something that happens to us when we're grateful. And then when we give, there's something that happens to us. Hey, guys, innately, our sin nature, that part where we're all fallen, we're selfish, we're stingy. But we also are made in the image of God. And when he's able to get a hold of our hearts and do his work in us, then something transpires. And the heart is now under a different positioning. And gratefulness triggers generosity. And there has been a study made about what happens physically to a human being when they give. So I got this information. I want to tell you my um, reference. Guys, you can get any kind of information off the internet. And I really, really do try to search out and make sure it's truly um, good references. But this was uh, from exploringyourmind.com and, and it was about a study about targeted gener generosity. And I think it's really interesting that they use the word targeted generosity. Affects the brain in unique ways. In a study, researchers discovered that being generous to others has po a positive effects in the area, areas of the brain that relate to stress and reward responses. That study suggests that being generous can benefit your physical and mental health. How many of you have known somebody that is, is really mean, they're selfish, and they're not very healthy? Have you ever known anybody like that? Oh, come on, y'all are so quiet. <laughs> okay, thank you, thank you. I have to, and if I don't watch it, I'll start acting like them because I don't like how they act. <laughs> don't we? And we start acting like, no, we're not going to do that, are we? And, and then the other study I want to tell you about is um, in the journal Hormones and Behavior. It suggests that the presence of oxytocin, some call it the holiday hormone, uh, it's a, a chemical released by the body during positive social interactions, like exchanging gifts may cause people already prone to giving to want to give more. In other words, these studies just validated what we know in the biblical worldview, that it's more blessed to give than it is to receive. It just is. There's something about God's nature that's in us that when we give of ourselves, 
there is that release that God put that releases a hormone in our brain that says, this feels good. There's so much pleasure in it. There's so much, how many of you have experienced the euphoria of giving? Yeah, and it's real. It's a great pleasure. And uh, yeah, I, I just think it's amazing how God infuses a piece of himself in us when we allow him to get a hold of our hearts. I think that's pretty amazing. It's amazing to me that God's aim from the very beginning was to bless. The earliest memories that Adam must have had of Father God must have been a wonderful. You know, they say that, you know, our earliest memories tend to kind of set the tone for our future, even when a lot of times we don't know what, why we may have some hang-ups. <laughs> um, a book called Double Blessing by Mark Batterson was recommended to me to read. He mentions that many of us may or may not mirror Adam's early experiences and his memories because they were wonderful. Can you imagine waking up and there Father God is? And life is good. You're loved. You're safe. New, beautiful world. Mark goes on to say, in fact, you may feel cursed rather than blessed by your family of origin. Your first memories may have not been that great. If that is you, it can be difficult to conceive a heavenly father who, whose deepest desire is to bless you. It's a little bit hard to wrap our minds around a father who wants to bless us when we don't have a relatable experience in our life like that. But those of you that do, that does make sense. Last week, Brother Manny made mention of a disservice of preaching the American dream. You know, the gospel of greed. I really appreciated in him mentioning that because that's been a concern that need has needed to be addressed for years. And I think it kind of, at least my experience was that it kind of hit the surface during the Jesus movement, maybe in the latter 60s and 70s. I don't know, Brother Manny, you might, yes, no. <laughs> but it seemed like we in America, we had a lot of blab it and grab it gospel. And you know, that just wasn't scriptural. And it was very damning when people began, uh, God was doing character building in our lives and our world gets shaken, kind of like this uh, virus situation. You know, people are scared, they're all troubled. And, and, but you know, what happens when our world starts getting shaken? It feels like not only is the world getting shaken, heaven and earth, everything's getting shaken, do you know what? The Word of God says that it shows who can be removed and who can't be removed. And here's the deal. God is faithful. That's why I read that scripture. His mercies are new, everlasting, and great is his faithfulness. He will not desert us. When life starts to shake around us, we will walk through troublesome times. It will just happen. And what the enemy means for harm, God takes and turns around for good for you. And we're living in an environment right now. The enemy might be thinking that he's really winning. But you know what? God's taking this and turning it around for good. How many times do we have a national day of prayer? How many times do we direct our prayers back, back to praying for our leaders? How many times do, do we um, start 
being concerned about our brothers and our sisters who are a little more at risk. I mean, we live with them at risk. Do we think about it? So God does allow things happen in our life, right? Um, Let's see if I can find where I'm at. Mark Batterson says, God promises something so much better than physical health or material wealth. Plus, some of God's greatest blessings are the blessings in disguise. He continues, uh, or Mark continues, the blessing of God is not an immunity card against pain and suffering. How many times have you heard that? That it was. Oh, if you've got the faith, then you shouldn't have this. And then you get shamed for getting sick. You get shamed for going through a hard time. Or you get shamed. How many of you have experienced that before? With super spiritual, so to speak, spiritual folks around you. And you feel like you just got the breath kicked out of you. And you've been shamed all over the place. But that's not right. That is not right. Uh, The blessing of God is not an immunity card against pain and suffering. Jesus said, point blank, in this world, you will have trouble. What makes us think we can become like Jesus without going through some of the same struggles he he did? What makes us think just because he went and paid the price that we should have everything given to us on a silver platter? No, he wouldn't wouldn't build character in us. He would just raise a bunch of entitled babies, right? Uh, We might kind of know about that. Okay. (laughs) But take note, this promise doesn't end with trouble. Don't make the mistake of putting a period where God puts a comma. In the same breath, Jesus declared, but take heart. I've overcome the world. There are sacrifices to be made, no doubt. There is suffering to endure, no question. But there is a blessing on the other side. And how does that blessing come? It comes when God blesses me. I don't hoard it and stick it off in a corner somewhere over here where I'm afraid I'm going to lose it or somebody's going to steal it. But instead, we take that blessing of our voice that we can sing and we begin to lift up God with our voice. Or we take that treasure that God has given us in a monetary sense and we help open the doors of this sanctuary where people can hear life, words of life. We may be that person that has the gift of sewing or knitting. Sister Janet, if you're listening right here online, I want to tell you Thank you for using your gift. There have been more of Sister Janet's um, uh, scarves that have been given to the homeless and different organizations that the people were in need of a warm scarf. And yet, you guys, God gave us, blessed us where we can bless. And when that happens, something triggers in heaven for us. Hallelujah. You guys, I'm glad this is two-part message. It's 1128. <laughs> Let's see where we're at. Let me put it simply. God blesses us. It then becomes an asset of resources in our bank. Okay? He puts us in charge of these assets to steward them. 
where he can where we can bless him first bless our family bless our church bless our community bless our world and be faithful to our word when we say we're going to pay something we pay it so god blesses us to steward these assets are you getting the picture he blesses us where we can bless others winston churchill said we make a living by what we get but we make a life by what we give i want to say that again we make a living by what we get what we earn but we make a life by what we give. Proverbs 11.25 says, A generous person will prosper. Whoever refreshes others will be refreshed. In other words, if you give a drink and the day comes you need a drink, God will make sure you get it. I believe that. Matthew 10.42 says, Whoever gives to one of these little ones in other words, people who are humble in rank or influence, whoever gives to these folks even a cup of cold water, you'll not lose your reward. So now we have defined generosity in two ways, vocabulary.com and a biblical worldview. We've discovered benefits in the Word of God of a lifestyle of generosity. We found that in 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verses 6 or 15. We hopefully come to realize we are blessed to bless. Now, let's look at what makes fertile soil for seeds of generosity to grow. And we're gonna be doing that. <clears throat> but my time has ran out. Next week, we're going to be looking at matters of the heart and we're going to discover that the principles that are in the word of god about generosity those principles can be translated into core values which can be in your life plan to create a lifestyle of generosity so we're going to be Thank you for listening today. We pray that you have been blessed by listening to the message. You are welcome to celebrate with us in worship and the word every Sunday at 10 a.m. If you have a prayer need, we welcome you to submit it through our website. We'd love to pray for you. Will you consider supporting us with your prayer and financial gifts? God bless you.